Hello, friends. This is Phonograph DJ Mac bringing you Centennial Songs. While we most often think of records as containing music, spoken word recordings were actually what was first intended for the phonograph. Thomas Edison, upon successful completion of his working phonograph prototype in 1877, spoke of how this machine would revolutionize office dictation. The whole industry was initially set up for that purpose, but it was not until some pioneering dealers decided to put music on these early cylinder machines that the public interest really started to take hold. But Edison derided those who used his greatest invention for the trivial pursuit of entertainment. But what did he know? So it was that music became the predominant form of material which spread the appeal of the phonograph. But this talking machine could talk and tell you things and spread messages. So let's take a moment to remember the 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt, who died 100 years ago. He became president in 1901 after the assassination of William McKinley and held that position until 1908 when he decided not to run for a third term. You could do that in those days. Scholar, hunter, governor, rough rider, naturalist, writer, vice president, explorer, cowboy president. Man, Teddy Roosevelt led quite a life. Where could I even go in two minutes? Okay. Focus, Mac. The purpose of this show is about recordings. So, let your mind imagine a time before TV and radio when you did not hear the president unless he was speaking to you live. This idea of spreading the president's voice through the medium of phonograph records was a new concept. Now the candidate could bring the messages they wanted to spread right into the homes of those they wanted to reach. In fact, this may have been the only way people ever heard the president's voice. And Teddy Roosevelt, besides being remembered for the stuffed bear, was known as a great communicator. During his presidency, he was known to court the press and made briefings a regular occurrence in the White House, which is still a tradition today. In 1912, he decided to run again for president and made five Edison cylinder recordings and five disc records for the Victor Talking Machine Company. The other candidates, Woodrow Wilson and William Howard Taft, also made recordings. So listening to them all would have given voters a good idea of the candidate's views. Well, he did not win, but we do have his voice among the first presidents to make audio recordings. So here from 1912 is Theodore Roosevelt speaking on the subject of the right of the people to rule. This week's centennial song. The great fundamental issue now before our people can be stated. It is, are the American people fit to govern themselves, to rule themselves, to control themselves? I believe they are. My opponents do not. I believe in the right of the people to rule. I believe that the majority of the plain people of the United States will day in and day out make fewer mistakes in governing themselves than any smaller class or body of men, no matter what their training, will make in trying to govern. I believe again that the American people are as a whole capable of self-control and of learning by their mistakes. 
our opponents pay lip loyalty to this doctrine, but they show their real beliefs by the way in which they champion every device to make the nominal rule of the people a sham. I am not leading this fight as a matter of aesthetic pleasure. I am leading because somebody must lead or else the fight would not be made at all. I prefer to work with moderate, with rational conservatives, provided only that they do in good faith strive forward toward the light. But when they halt and turn their backs to the light, sit with the scorners on the seats of reaction, then I must part company with them. We, the people, cannot turn back. Our aim must be steady, wise bonds. It would be well if our people would study the history of a sister republic. All the woes of France for a century and a quarter have been due to the folly of her people in splitting into the two camps of unreasonable conservatism and unreasonable radicals. Had free revolutionary France listened to men like Turgot and backed them up, all would have gone well. But the beneficiaries of privilege, the Bourbon reactionaries, the short-sighted ultra-conservatives turned down Turgot and then found that instead of him they had obtained Robespierre. They gained 20 years freedom from all restraint and reform at the cost of the whirlwind of the Red Terror, and in their turn the unbridled extremists of the terror induced a blind reaction. And so with convulsion and oscillation from one extreme to another, with alternations of violent radicalism and violent bourbonism, the French people went through misery toward a shattered goal. May we profit by the experiences of our brother Republicans across the water and go forward steadily avoiding all wild extremes. And may our ultra-conservatives remember that the rule of the Bourbons brought on the revolution. And may our would-be revolutionaries remember that no Bourbon was ever such a dangerous enemy of the people and of freedom as the professed friend of both Robespierre. There is no danger of a revolution in this country but there is grave discontent and unrest, and in order to remove them, there is need of all the wisdom and probity and deep-seated faith in and purpose to uplift humanity we have at our command. Friends, our task as Americans is to strive for social and industrial justice achieved through the genuine rule of the people. This is our end, our purpose. The methods for achieving the end are merely expedients to be finally accepted or rejected according as actual experience shows that they work well or ill. But in our hearts we must have this lofty purpose and to strive for it in all earnestness and sincerity or our work will come to nothing. In order to succeed, we need leaders of inspired idealism, leaders to whom are granted great visions, who dream greatly and strive to make their dreams come true who can kindle the people with the fire from their own burning souls. The leader for the time being, whoever he may be, is but an instrument to be used until broken and then to be cast aside. And if he is worth his salt, he will care no more when he is broken than a soldier cares when he is sent where his life is profit in order that the victory may be won. In the long fight for righteousness, the watchword for all of us is spend and be spent.